Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Welcome to the Country Music Talk podcast. Hello, I'm Balin Leonard. Today, I'm joined by an award-winning country singer who took a 13-year break from releasing music and then she burst back onto the scene in 2021 to critical acclaim. Her latest album, Feel Like Going Home, has seen her establish her own unique sound in the genre and she recently even made her Grand Ole Opry debut. She has a fascinating story to tell and I can't get enough of her. It's Miko Marks. This is the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard. Hello and welcome to Absolute Radio Country. My special guest today is a woman who arrived on the country scene back in the mid noughties with her debut album, Freeway Bound. And then the next couple of years saw her win New Music Weekly's Best New Country Artist Award. She released more singles, a second album, and then... She stopped. She stopped recording. She stopped releasing music. And in 2021, after a 13-year break, she came back with an album that changed uh, not only her life, I think, but uh, the lives of a lot of other people as well. It was so well-received. It was called Our Country. And just a few months ago, she released another one, Feel Like Going Home, Mika Marks. Welcome back to the UK. Welcome back to the music industry. Welcome to Absolute Radio Country. It is so good to be here, Balin. It's so good to be back in London. It's so good to be back doing music, which is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just really glad that things are going the way they are. Let's talk about the music that you're doing and how right it is for you right now. Because in the noughties, you, you came out with some stuff and it was quite well received, but it was totally different than what you're doing now. Yes. And and obviously people change and people grow and, and there's that big gap in between that we'll talk about in a minute. But is it fair to say this is like the more authentic Miko that we're getting? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I first started out, when I did Freeway Bound and It Feels Good, I was trying to fit this mold, you know, of what country music looked like Mm -hmm. for me. And there were such powerhouses like Faith Hill at the time, Jody Messina. There were just great women, the chicks doing wonderful things. So I wanted to do what they were doing and keep everything like in this little box. And I was told I had to wear a hat. I had to put on boots and I'm wearing boots today by choice. (laughs) But um, I had to do all these things to fit the narrative of country music or women in country. And I tried to do that. I was young at the time. I think I was in my late 20s. I was like 28, 29. It wasn't me all the way. Like the voice was me Mm. and the songs that I wrote were me but they were speaking from a place of an experience they were speaking from a place of innocence and and scared you know not really knowing what would come out of it so i was a little more timid back then now and also i would imagine not wanting to mess up because there's so there's so many times where you work so hard to get a foot in the door and then when you finally do get a foot in the door you think i can't mess this up because this is my one shot to make this happen. So there must have been a little feeling of that as well. Absolutely. I played it safe, you Mm. know. Even with my singing, I kind of held back, didn't do too much singing, which is not me at all. And so fast forward to being a 50-year-old woman now, I don't care about what is being perceived. I don't care about what 
others think. I want to just give you my uh, true, authentic self. Leave it out there. You take it if you want or leave it. But at the end of the day, you're getting the full 110% Miko. <laughs> it must feel so liberating to be at that point in your life where you're just like, yeah, this is me. Take it or leave it. Well, the great thing is, Miko, they're taking it. I mean, they're <laughs> lapping it up. They can't get enough of it. And the interesting thing for me is, I'll be honest, I didn't know your stuff from before. I only know this Miko, right? So I came at it from when you released, you know, the first album of your comeback or whatever you want to call it. And so for me, this has always been you. It doesn't fit neatly into country, really, does it? No, and I like that. Yeah, I, I do too. I like the fact that there is a place like Americana where there's this bigger bubble that you can be in. It's not one-sided. It's all these things. It's just a melting pot. Mm. And I think I'm more of a melting pot as an artist because I bring things from every experience of music I've had. Soul, gospel, country, classical some, mm. jazz, all the things. I bring, And I think Americana is really a place that accepts all those things if you bring it in this way. Whereas country is storytelling which i love mm -hmm. but it has a formula where i think americana doesn't have a formula it's just like bring the good music and we'll accept it if it's good come on let's party however that looks yeah yeah it's more it's, freedom yeah i agree with you so you know people ask me what's americana and i'm like well what's not americana let's start there and, and, and it's, it's a tricky one but you know when you hear it Yes. I always think with Americana. Um, I don't want to dwell on the past too much, but I think it's interesting. I just want to get this out of the way because it's interesting for people who might not know your full story. This 13-year hiatus that you took, what was it? Was it a combination of the stuff that we talked about earlier, the, the pressure and that you were feeling within kind of the industry to fit into a box, or was it life stuff? I was just disenchanted with the whole music industry. Right. I was disappointed because I felt like if you have a talent and you're good at it, um, you're just going to rise to the top. Well, I didn't know about all the gatekeepers. Mm. I didn't know all of, about the behind-the-scenes business ends of things, like, mm. oh, she won't sell because she's black. I didn't know about all those things. I just was taking my talent to the, to the people. Mm. And so I kind of got hurt inside to where I just was like, I'm not making any more music. I'll still perform because people love live shows. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not recording anymore. And then I had a son, and he's he's amazing. And so I got the chance to really raise him and be a stay-at-home mom, you know, and just live my life without the pressure of trying to fit into this other box that didn't want me at mm, the time. Yeah. And so th then you came back. So I think you just, like, you bumped into an old producer friend on the street or something. How did you decide to come back? Well, I had this dream. Oh, oh, I oh, here we go. literally had, I, and, and people think that this is, like, it's made up so no i had a dream because justin phipps and steve wireman were in my band a long time ago like early 2005 or so and um they were really great musicians little did i know fast forward to this dream i called justin we're old we had the same numbers he had the same <laughs> phone number i did too and um i said justin we need to get on stage and make some music i wasn't even talking about a record right and i was like we need a jam and then he was like, well, just so happens, I started a label called Red Tone Records, and I have a song called Goodnight America, and if you want to hear it, I'll send it to you. When I heard Goodnight America, oh my God, that song is really speaking truth to power. It really shines a light on America's history, its foundation, and it calls America out mm. to really right the wrongs. And so 
I had never done anything socially, politically, in my music. Everything was like, oh, a little love song, and right. everything's rosy. I heard that song, and it just gutted me. And I, I cried, and when I think about that song and how pivotal it was for me, I had to do it. Right. I had to do it because the new Miko, the older, wiser one, was like, I cannot do this song. I have to do this song. So we did it. <laughs> and that was like a big deal for me because I was I used to be so, what are people going to think? What yeah. are they going to say? I was like, I'm doing this song because I don't care. It's an important mm. message to get out to the masses. I'm doing this song. And then one thing led to another after that. Mm-hmm. You still seem visually moved by yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, because it changed it changed everything for me. When I was I was done recording. And so we recorded that song and and then he it turned out so well and I was really proud of it. He was like, Wanna do another one? <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And so the whole process was like song by song by song. Mm. And then I had written a song about my hometown, Flint, Michigan, whose water is still bad. Mm. And it's called We Are Here. And so I took that song to him. And I was like, what about this song? And he was like, yeah, we can do that too. And I, what I love about them is it's a collective. It's not everybody's working together. You know, we mm. have we write together. Uh, Steve produces the music, and then Justin kind of brings it all to this next level. And so it's it's really a collective, collaborative effort on everybody's behalf. And then I'm the voice, and so it's just a sweet little thing we got going on. And so I'm I'm very fortunate. And then next thing you know, he was like, I think we got an I think we got an album with our country. And I was like, we do. <laughs> Which it was, snuck up on you. It snuck up on me like a ghost. <laughs> And I just turned around like, ah, I'm here. And it was so beautiful. My real heart in there. Yeah. And real messaging. And we did We Shall Not Be Moved by, you know, just all the things that I'm about now in my older years. I'm about legacy. What do you want to leave on the floor? And I want to leave real, authentic music, you know. And so... It was just a blessing. I'm glad for dreams. Dreams can come true. Mm. Well, you know, speaking of on the floor, let's talk about a certain circle in the middle of a of a floor because, you know, this all happens and then Grand Ole Opry's like, hey, Miko, you want to come play the Grand Ole Opry and step into the circle? Balin, do not make me cry because that just happened, like, literally less than six months ago. And I am still floored by that whole experience um, it was just, it was surreal. Mm. It was like I was in this dream again. And then I was in the circle and I danced around in that circle t- during sound check. And then came time for my show and I was singing and there was this musical interlude. The place was packed and the musical interlude caused me, I wasn't singing. So I actually looked down at the wood mm. and I felt a rise up of all the spirits that had gone on before me, and I lost it. I just shook. I could see DeFord Bailey. I could see Lil' Jimmy Dickens. I could see the people that stood there before me, and I could feel their energy. Mm. I almost went to church and had the Holy Ghost pass out. <laughs> but the audience cheered me on so much. They brought me back out of my state of just losing it. And they were like cheering, and then I started back singing. But I had waterworks for days in that circle. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, that circle, because um, 
it literally and 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 physically has absorbed you know the the sweat and tears of of, of people over the the decades but also it's kind of um, also absorbed the hopes and the dreams and the ambition and the inspiration and all that. So it, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I'm I'm not a singer, but I've, I've stepped in that circle, and you know Ooh. everybody feels it. You do you do feel it just because it's such a. If if you don't know what we're talking about in the the Grand Ole Opry, what they still call the new Grand Ole Opry, even though it's been around for decades since it moved across the river from the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, they took a, an original piece of the floor um, from from the Grand Ole. Opry and, and set it into the stage in the new Grand Ole Opry. So when you hear people talk about stepping into the circle, it's that circle of wood of that floor that that we are talking about. Um, and you had some friends, some friends were involved with the Reese Palmer, who we love on this show and who oh, came over. We have a love hate because <laughs> she tricked me. She, she inducted or she told so, you it was happening, right? She, she no, no, she didn't. She okay. was like, she was like, hey, girl. I have this thing at the Opry, and um, I would love for you to come sing backgrounds. You know, you can't say it's your debut because it's not. And she was <laughs> like, so why don't you just come sing with me? We'll do Flies on the Butter by the Judds, and you just, you know, you just be, you know, Naomi. And so I said, <laughs> okay. And so I kind of stood outside the circle because I wasn't. She made it clear this is right. My this tradition. is my circle. Yeah. Tonight. So yeah. she was all in the circle, and so we did our song. It was beautiful. And then I'm walking off. She calls me, and she's over here on the side of me, like to the left of me. I turn around. She's like, "What are you gonna sing at your Opry debut on October 14th?" I processed it so slowly, and I just broke down. I was like, "Are you serious?" And she points at me and laughs. She's like, "Gotcha," and I was just like, "So I got." invited on the opera stage by her which was really cool and it's filmed because she went to hug me and i backed away because i was so mad at her <laughs> i was so mad at her but then we we hugged and we cried because she she and i have had we have a lot of similarities mm. the same little dog i mean a lot of things and um you say you've got the same little dog yeah we both had little yorkies we both came in around the same time together um doing music i i saw her record and tower records and i was scared to death i was like oh because no because of competition yeah and were you scared to death because oh you were like there's another black woman in country exactly. music specifically yes we right. both talked she said the same thing about right. me she saw me we were under this illusion that there could only be one right but that is not true there is sun for everybody to shine. There's so many of us that are different, that complement each other. We are friends, and we're going on tour together. Mm. And it's going to be beautiful. And I just think that over time, I grew to know I'm in my own lane, and mm -hmm. they're in their own lane. Like, let's all let's all. It drive. takes a while to get there, though, doesn't it? Because it, I, I know what you're saying. Like, in in any kind of cutthroat industry, you're like, no, I got I got this locked down. What are you doing? You go do yeah. something else. But then you realize everybody's just doing their thing. Yeah. And if you just look after your own thing, and I'm happy to see it. There are yeah. so many more people of color, more women in country mm -hmm. music right now there's all these young kids i love it willie jones and britney spencer Raina robert i, I mean could, yes. i could go on for days and that's something that makes me proud mm -hmm. like a proud mama like look at these, these youngins yeah look at these youngins coming <laughs> through and it's not just one there are many and i'm so happy to see that are you tired of people talking about race in country music or do you think 
people need to keep on talking to. Do you know what I mean by that? Because I sometimes think, obviously everybody wants to be taken for their talent. Specifically in country music, thank God we are having this conversation. But at some point, obviously the goal is that we move beyond this conversation. And Americana feels different. That conversation feels different. Not that there isn't things that need to be addressed there as well. But specifically when it comes to country music, everybody is like, we need to talk about race. We need to talk about race. I just wonder from your perspective, are you like, can we just talk about music? Or, no, yeah, we need to talk about race. No, yeah, we need to talk about race. Okay. Because it has been this status quo since the beginning of the genre. And in order for us to move, like, move through to the music, we have to keep talking about and keep presenting these artists that are above and beyond what is out there as country music. Mm. We keep we have to keep elevating the conversation because at the end of the day, it'll elevate the music. Country is kind of on this... Um, plane, uh, you know how planes just sit in the air waiting to land? Mm-hmm. They're on that level, for, in my opinion. Just just sitting there waiting to land. No, we need to take off or we need to land. Like, what are we going to do? Is this something that you guys really want? Inclusion and all the things that I see happening. You know, I'm a half glass full person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing some things, but I'm also seeing some, like, we're not budging. Right. I feel that energy, too. Or, uh, like, we've talked about that. We've got a few people of color now. We're good. Yeah. I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is to really be about action. Mm-hmm. Like, there may be one person signed to a major label that's a person of color. One. Mm. And there are so many. And why is that? You know, and um, it's still a conversation I think needs to be had. I don't make my world center around that conversation. I let my music speak. Yes. That's what I... That's my goal. But I do think it needs to still be a conversation because if we don't talk about it, it'll keep being the same. What's coming up in 2023, Miko? I mean, it's been you've had such a, a massive couple of years, and now here we are. Mm. Brand new year. What's, what's, on the, what's on the cards? What do we got coming? Oh, so many things. Oh, yeah, go on. It was announced that I'll be in the Country Music Hall of Fame with an exhibit. Yes, I saw this. Congratulations on that. It's amazing. It was amazing because I love Loretta. Mm -hmm. And so when she passed away, it really it really hurt me in a deep way, like like a relative, like somebody that I grew up with loving and just And talk about somebody who pushed the boundaries. Yes. You know, somebody who became such a mainstream kind of household name, the most banned artist. She on, made it in my on house. US radio. She did not <laughs> yeah, she did not she care. Was banned she and, had stuff to say. Yes. And, and she that, was and saying I it. love that and and she was a big influence on me like when I was little cuz I'd go stay at my grandma's house and she had all that music because we came from Mississippi and Cleveland, Tennessee, so we went to Michigan with the for the automotive jobs. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But the music came and so I was constantly listening to country music, blues, and um, I have a cousin who was really famous blues singer, Lattimore. So we had all this music, musical family. But Loretta, to see my name next to hers and know that I'll be right next to her in the Country Music Hall of Fame, that's like kismet for me. It's, it's like everything getting full circle. And so I, that's an honor. And so lots going on this year. Reese and I are touring. Oh, yeah. Going out with Little Feet again. I went out with them last year, and they were like, you want to come back? I was like, sure. And you're going to come back over to the UK? I'm hoping so. I told Reese if she comes back over here, because I think she is, 
And I don't know for sure, though, so don't quote me on that. I said, you better take me with you. <laughs> and she was like, you already went. I said, no, I can go as alumni. <laughs> <laughs> yes, returning, the yes. triumphant return. Yeah. Uh, Miko, it's a joy and it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you for coming in to sit down, because I know we've met many times, but we've never had a chance to just sit down and have a good old chat. So Thanks thank for you for doing me. that. It's a joy and congratulations on all your success. And it's also a real inspiration for people. Do you know what? If you're trying to fit into a box don't you worry about that you be you and you'll be fine don't get in that box get out get out of the box Mm -hmm. thanks miko thank you the country music talk podcast from absolute radio country an in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music Always good to catch up with Miko Marks, one of my absolute favorites. Now, please make sure you subscribe to the Country Music Talk podcast if you haven't already. That way you'll never miss a moment from the biggest guests in country music. And you can always join me on Absolute Radio Country. Just download the free Absolute Radio app or you can ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. I'll see you on the next one. Have a good one. And in the meantime... Keep it country. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 